Hello, and welcome to Matt is Confused. This is Matt D'Elia, and this is episode whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck number it is, that's the number that it is. That's the amount that we've done. I stopped keeping count. Um, Speaking of that, yeah, I've stopped keeping count of these quarantine solo episodes however as things start to open back up and the world starts to return to normal as normal as it can be i'm going to start having guests again uh a lot of those guests hopefully ideally and probably will in one form or another touch on um not necessarily what's going on but 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 probably a bit of what's going on with specifically regard in regards to the pandemic but also people in various industries uh, that have been affected by it that might um, not be immediately thought of uh, when we think of the people who are affected by these things. Because the truth is, this has affected everyone. And anytime someone who has a job that I don't usually think about or that is not, you know, in my day-to-day purview, in my mind, uh, I'm sort of taken aback by how far this shit has really reached there's no one that is totally untouched by this and what as i start to get back into guests and all that that's going to be uh something that i keep in mind and that i want to sort of expand on and explore the various ways that this shit has sort of fucked everyone up uh also i've been sort of teasing my merch and video video we're going to be doing video soon and I said we'd have it up by, I think I said we'd have it up by now, by today, which obviously we don't. Uh, with the, I've been trying to set up a studio to record in a, on video at home. And there were just a few sort of annoying things, sound things and shit like that. You know, trying to set up a home studio is a fucking pain in the ass. So there's a little bit of a delay on that. This, the, the merch store though, and video will be up and running by June 1st. So that's soon. And that's very exciting. Speaking of the pandemic, uh, I don't think I'm going to talk much about that shit today, necessarily. Though who knows? Anything can happen. Anything can happen on Matelier is Confused. But there's a big cover story today uh, on the LA Times. I still get the actual paper, which is, I'm like fucking 80 years old. But the cover story was about how California is actually turning the corner, despite the fact that uh, cases are rising every day. We are, uh, we here, we Californians are doing really well. And the outlook is pretty good. We actually might be able to reopen before july 15th which is what eric our city had said but now they're targeting july 4th which is still too fucking far away but you know trying to fucking stay positive there's one thing though that i hear 
constantly more than anything else. And I haven't talked about this yet, and and I've been wanting to. It's very, very, very annoying to me. And very, honestly, very, very strange to me. The people that are bitching and moaning about not being able to get their haircut. Speaking of the LA Times, I saw an article in the LA Times that said some fucking guy, a guy, first of all, drove 600 miles to get his haircut. A guy in California drove 600 miles to a county uh, in LA that, or a city in LA that, or a town in, I don't even fucking know, I forget, that was allowing barbershops to remain open. The dude drove 600 miles and I saw his hair and uh, after and before and I couldn't fucking tell the difference. The way people are about haircuts is mind-boggling to me. Everyone bitches and moans about, I can't even get my haircut. Hey, who the fuck cares? Also, hey, if that's your biggest fucking concern... You're all good. If your biggest problem with this entire fucking pandemic, this entire uh, global state of emergency, if the biggest problem that you have in your life is that you can't get your hair cut, you're doing great. Have a little bit of perspective and stop bitching about that. Again, I say this all the time. If you want to bitch about how you can't get back to work, how people need to get back to work because the economy needs to get running. Otherwise, the fallout of that will be just as bad as any kind of pandemic. These arguments are valid. We One can make these arguments. But it's not valid to bitch and moan about how you can't get your hair cut. And how it's unfair. Also, your hair looks fucking fine. No one is noticing your hair. Just in general. In general, nobody notices your hair. No one gives a fuck about your hair. I... I mean, I, this is, I'm an exception and I understand this. I actually have a weird thing about haircuts. Uh, I don't like a couple things about it that I don't like. I don't like having people touching my head. Period. But beyond that, I really hate sitting in a chair with someone so close to me because I feel like I have to talk to them. And I know that's not true, but I also know it kind of is true. I know we don't like to admit it, but it, the, the truth, there the really is, it's true that there's this weird pressure to talk to the person that is basically on top of you for however long it takes to get your haircut. I haven't gotten a haircut haircut in years. And I know that shows because I'm looking like Andrew WK over here actually need to get my hair cut. I'm going to cut my hair. I'll probably cut my own hair. Not because fucking barbershops and salons are closed. That's not why. 
I wouldn't fucking go anyway. But it's getting to Andrew WK territory, and that's not really what I want. It's not really a good look. But fuck it. Um... So you stop complaining about your hair. No one cares about your hair. No one's noticing your hair. No one thinks about your hair. You're a spoiled brat if the biggest problem for you is that you can't get your hair cut and you're actually opening up your mouth and the sounds that are coming out of your mouth are in the form of words that are bitching and moaning about not being able to get your hair cut. You're a spoiled brat. Actually, speaking of newspapers, I I can't even believe every almost every day I still like it's fucking 1953. I still get those um, like 10, 12 page newspaper style things in my mailbox that are like coupons or whatever the fuck. How? Is that still a thing? If it's going in my mailbox, that means it's going in everyone in my building's mailbox, which also means it's going to everyone's mailbox in all buildings in my area. That is such a fucking waste. The reason I said coupons or whatever is because I don't even know what it is. That's how much I've, that's how little I've looked at it. I've never even looked at what it is. It just goes straight in the recycling bin. That shouldn't be allowed. Such a fucking waste. No one's ever looked at those. Though I guess someone's looking at them. They wouldn't send the shit out if if it didn't work out for somebody. I got um I got a flurry of uh DMs today from our man Florida man um and I don't know what to make of them a lot of them are just well no not a lot of them all of them are just uh Instagram posts so, you know, I've asked him to send me proof for any, for context or those of you who might not remember, uh, Florida man is the pseudonym I've invented for, uh, this guy who loves my podcast. He loves it. It's his favorite podcast, but he hates the things that I say about conspiracy, uh, theorists and the conspiracy theories that they believe, We've grown uh, into we, we've we've developed this sort of back and forth where he sends me things that he sort of thinks of as I mean I've asked him to send me evidence and links to articles and things like that. He has only really sent me uh, links to other Instagram accounts. And for instance, I'm just he he sent me. I mean I would say. Today, he sent me 20 of these. And he's not like a... I mean, Florida man, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. You are crazy, but you're not crazy for sending me 20. He's not He's not like constantly barraging me with this shit. And I also... 
I can, I always ask him to send me this stuff because I appreciate his, the fact that he disagrees with me, but still fucking, you know, it's like, it's the whole premise of what this show is. I mean, the, the idea that like, just cause you fucking disagree doesn't really mean anything. You know, you want to get to the bottom of what someone thinks. You don't just fucking argue with them and write them off. You ask for more and more and more and more and more to get a clearer picture of what you're dealing with, the kind of person you're dealing with, what they think, all that. Anyway, uh, one of the things he sent is a post from an account that is Awaken the Mind. And this is what it says. It says, conspiracy theorist, a person that researches a subject and then uses logic and critical thinking skills to form an educated opinion instead of just blindly believing whatever they saw on TV. Okay, this is a false premise. This is a thing that bothers me. Also, this is just an Instagram post. Florida man, this is not proof of anything. This is someone's opinion. Someone with an account named Awaken the Mind. Okay. Although Awaken the Mind has 113,000 followers, which... Uh, okay. But here's the thing about that. And a, a conspiracy theorist is is actually not that. And this is obviously made by a conspiracy theorist. And the, and the thing that it's positing is that everyone who disagrees with a conspiracy theorist just eats up whatever they see on TV. That's not what's happening. What a conspiracy theorist is doing is seeing what's on TV and being convinced that that is a... Everything that they're hearing is a falsehood. Puppet strings are being pulled by people behind the scenes. There are uniform messages from the media and everyone on TV, everyone uh, uh, in Hollywood, uh, all of the elites, all of the deep state, all of those satanic deep state, all of those Satan-loving deep staters who eat babies, they're controlling what we see on TV and we're getting their narrative. And they're convinced that, or what they tell themselves and each other is that, we all, all of us non-conspiracy theorists, just eat up the narrative and we're sheeple. They like to call us sheeple. But that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is not believing utter horseshit like these Instagram posts. Here's another one. Uh, I mean, there's a lot, actually. This is another, oh, another one from Awaken the Mind. Great. So you can get COVID-19, recover from it, but still not be immune to it. But a vaccine containing the virus will somehow make you safe. Well, here's the thing. And here's the thing about the vaccine. That I'd like everyone to remember, especially anti-vax people. There is no vaccine yet. There is not even close to a vaccine. So whatever you're railing against, as if it's being shoved down your throat, there isn't a vaccine. And all you pandemic motherfuckers who shared that and believed it, you guys are fucking dumb for believing everything that thing says. Because there's one basic thing in that dumb fucking crock of shit documentary that once realized makes the whole fucking argument null and void. And it's this, if this whole thing was planned by the people who own pat the patent on the treatment or the vaccine, the future vaccine, they would have now by now 
if they invented the disease in a lab, put it out into the world, shut down the economies of the world, fucked everything up, right now, or not right now, before right now, they would have flooded the market and the world with that vaccine. There's no reason to wait anymore. Now is the time. Before now is the time to come in and save the day. If this was planned by the same people who also had the vaccine ready to go to make money off of it, give me my money, then the vaccine would be in the world already and they'd be making that money. Give me my money. Oh, here's a good one. I always love when they bring... Here it is again. Fucking shit. This one's by an account called Shrouded in Secrecy. I love how dramatic and heroic they make their accounts seem. And their whole... It's like this... uh, It totally is uh, representative. Really shows how these people think of themselves. Awaken the mind. Shrouded in secrecy. Freedom faction. The free thought project. These are all backpats these are these all they all get at the appeal of what it means to be a conspiracy theorist it is a way for the powerless to feel powerful like they're in the know like they're the smart ones like they're the ones who have power through knowledge anyway here's the one that i i always love this kind of shit when when you hear this a lot you see this a lot, actually, at the protests that we see, uh, the anti-lockdown protests and all that that are going on, on right now. This one is a... Uh, uh, this is just a picture of Anne Frank, which, I mean, I already feel like that's out of line, you know? The way the fucking Nazi thing is thrown around as a comparison has dulled the edge of that blade so much that it means nothing now. And that is actually a scary thought. Let's fucking reserve those comparisons for when things are actually similar to what happened in Nazi Germany. Which hopefully never comes. And it ain't happening fucking now, that's for sure. But it's a, this thing is a picture of Anne Frank. This is shrouded in secrecy. Shrouded in secrecy, you know. Anyway, it says, The law is not a moral compass. The people who hid Anne Frank were breaking the law. The people who killed her were following it. That sounds like a rationalization to break the law, you know? Again, it makes it so black and white. This basically posits that laws are the enemy. And the people who break them are the heroes. Here's another one from Awaken the Mind. Florida man, dude, just send me information, not opinions. Wow, this one's fucking epic. Real pandemics don't require faulty virus models, rigged test results, inaccurate reporting, and manipulated death statistics. 
And then in really small, finer print on the bottom, it says, but psychological operations do. What psychological operation? Who's running it? That's the thing. Like what they posit, there's no meat on that bone. It's just an alternative. It's just a different way of looking at it. But there's no meat on the bone. Now, this is the last one I'll read. This is the Free Thought Project. Okay. This one has the most followers. 340,000 followers. Jesus. There's a lot of motherfucking crazy people out there, man. It's a... Uh, it's a <laughs> I love when they really put the effort into making these things. It's like a meme-looking thing with four images all over the shoulder of a man watching the news. And in quotes, it says on the top, I don't know why it's in quotes, it says, this is the new normal. And then on the bottom, there's more text and it says, every ad, commercial, uh, those are the same things, ads and commercials. Every ad, commercial, and news report now has the line, the new normal in it. It is textbook social conditioning. Introduce an idea and keep repeating it until it's accepted as normal. I mean... That's nothing. That doesn't mean anything. This is just classic fucking paranoia shit. It makes me think like paranoia, paranoid schizophrenia is way more common than we actually. That's my conspiracy theorist. That's my conspiracy theory. Paranoid schizophrenia is way more prevalent than we're being told. That's, that truth is being suppressed by powerful people. The numbers are, are, are suppressed. Because it seems to me like way more people are paranoid schizophrenic. For instance, all 340 people that followed the Free Thought Project seem like paranoid schizophrenic people. I saw um, this video that I fucking loved. It was um, this doctor. I don't know where he is, but apparently there was this, there's this, oh, he might be in California, actually. The, um, actually first saw my brother posted it but it, i saw a lot of people posted after that but it's this video that's going around about this this doctor uh actually i don't i don't even need to preface it he he explains everything we'll need to explain but here it is but i read today they're gonna have the blue angels and the other air force flying wizards fly over many cities for the healthcare workers to show their support. It costs $450,000 per flight over a city. So if there's two of them, that's 900 grand. You want to help healthcare workers? These are the goddamn N95 masks that we have to deal with. These are painter's masks. Get us equipment, get us PPEs, get us N95 masks that work anything. Get us tests for everybody. Okay? 
They'll fly over something so we can see some crap for $450,000 to make the president look good. You want to help health care workers? Take that same money and feed the people in the inner city that don't have anything to eat. Help the food care workers who are working. Help the service industry people. Don't fly over and say, oh, aren't they great? Come on, let's get real. But I read today. So that's Dr. Bill whoever the fuck Dr. Bill is, and that's the, sh- that's the shit that's going around. Uh, he's talking about some flyover that was meant to be a show of support for healthcare workers, but he, Dr. Bill here is pointing out the hypocrisy of that because if you really wanted to help, you wouldn't waste money. Give me my money. You wouldn't waste money on a fucking flyover that costs a million dollars or even costs two hundred dollars you'd give that fucking money you'd put that money to actual use not some bullshit grandstanding and he's talking about how i mean i don't i don't know if this is true but he's saying don't do that kind of shit to make the president look good give us the things we need to help fight what's going on if you really want to help don't piss money away by some dumb flyover. But the the making the president look good thing sort of stuck out to me. Uh, because at first I was like, oh, that's kind of annoying that he made it political. Because the truth is it doesn't matter who is doing it. The priorities are still fucked up. And to make it seem like it's a politically motivated might actually hurt his argument rather than help it but it got me thinking i mean that's probably the the truth and i i don't know how these ideas paired in my mind but it made me think about the testing thing how we're still fucking behind on testing i saw something the other day where like behind slovakia on testing per thousand or per hundred thousand people whatever the fuck and trump President Donald J. Dump, five-year-old Beavis president, our president who's dumber than a five-year-old Beavis, has often said, we don't, the more testing, the numbers will go up, the more testing we have, which obviously, uh, provide some transparency uh, as to where his mind is. The fact that we're behind on testing is so unnecessary and so avoidable that you have to believe, and this is me venturing into conspiracy territory myself, that I can't help but believe that we're behind on testing because we want to be. Because the more we test the more the amount of cases will go up and the worse he will look for bungling the uh, handling of this from the start. His whole thing is we got to get back. We got to get the economy humming again because he knows if we don't, he's going to fucking get his ass kicked in the election by the demented grandpa, Joe Biden. Which is probably true, but still... That is a fucked up thing, because if, if in a very straightforward way, he's looking out for himself and his future prospects more than he's looking out for the country that he was elected 
to run and take care of and look out for. So instead of providing tests as needed, he's actually just trying to get elected. And he's actually wanting less less testing because the more testing there is, the worse he thinks he will look. Which, hey man, you look fucking bad already. If you want to actually get this thing over with, rip the band-aid off. Get more tests. As Dr. Bill said, provide the fucking country with the tests that they need. Workplaces, airports, fucking restaurants, everything. We need tests fucking everywhere. We need tests coming out of our asses. We need tests coming out of our ears and asses. That's going to get us back to fucking normal. (sighs) I got to say, though, I'm fucking... I've heard varying things. I've heard... um, It, like from people who even who live in LA, which is a super liberal pocket of the country, obviously. Where I live, I live downtown, and honestly, I find it incredible how I would say almost actual, almost actual one hundred percent of people are wearing masks, which isn't fucking impressive. I have some friends who live in uh, more on the east side, like Highland Park, uh, Mount Washington. See, nobody's wearing masks there, which is weird because that's like fucking hipster Mecca. You would think that hipster Mecca would be super fucking uh, down to get behind a more liberally aligned cause, but I guess not. Then I'm hearing in Hollywood, everyone is masked there as well. But I have another friend who he lives in Colorado and he said he's literally the only person even around wearing a mask. And when he's masked, he gets looked at like he's got a fucking diaper on his head. And that made me mad. That made me stand up and pace around a little bit because don't fucking turn it around. That's like that's like kids bullying other kids for being smart and getting A's. Fuck that. Get A's. Wear wear the mask. That's fucking bullshit and that sort of highlights my problem with these people who refuse to wear masks entirely. It's the same shit as being like, "Oh, you fucking loser, you get straight A's." Yeah, man, I get straight A's. Fuck you. It's so topsy-turvy. These people who do the shitty thing are trying to make the shitty thing seem like the thing they should do too, that everyone else should do too. Fuck that. Do the fucking cooler thing. Do the better thing. Get A's. Wear a fucking mask. 
All right, uh, I'm going to take a break, and on the other side, I'm going to talk about something near and dear to my heart. It has nothing to do with the pandemic, uh, but it is, uh, to me, just as important as anything else. So I'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, okay, don't go anywhere. Matt D'Elia is confused. We'll return right after the break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back. Okay, now. And now. For the promised near and dear to my heart subject that has nothing to do with the pandemic or coronavirus or anything like that. I'm trying to think of the best way in, but I guess I'll start here. The other day, I was re-watching one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. Uh, it's a film called Stranger by the Lake. It's a French movie. And it is, it's on Shudder right now, actually, which is weird because Shudder is like kind of, I mean, I like Shudder a lot, but it's kind of, I mean, it's obviously associated with horror, like pure horror stuff and kind of like schlocky stuff. But this is like some genuine, this is like an art film, basically. It's like a genuinely beautiful amazing and kind of uh scary movie it's a thriller uh and it's about um this dude oh it's it's about cruising actually it's uh cruising uh, the the gay term like uh i actually don't know the exact definition but cruising is like you go to a random place where other strangers are gathered and you just kind of like pick them up and fuck them or suck them, or fuck and suck them, or fucking suck and jack them, whatever. Uh, and yeah, it's about this dude that goes to this lake uh, in the in, in the summer, and he develops a crush on this dangerous guy who he sees potentially sees uh, drown someone, someone else, and they grow closer. And his attraction, the main guy's attraction, grows to this stranger by the lake who might be a murderer. And it's about sort of the allure of danger. Uh, and the setting is really, it's really smart, uh, beautiful, and kind of scary movie. And the scary thing is obviously why it's on Shutter. But the reason I'm bringing it up is not to just pump up a movie that not that many people might, some people might not know about, and to he heavily recommend it, absolutely watch it. If you care about movies at all, it's called Stranger by the Lake. Anyway, in the movie, I mean, the subject matter of certainly allows for this or calls for it, but there are so many dicks in it. There are so many dicks in it. 
And uh, it just got me thinking about how fucking... I mean, I was going to say prudish, but it's beyond prude how we here in our country react to or are willing to see, rather, dicks, period, I guess. I was going to say on camera, but just to see dicks is like a fucking outrage here. Dicks are never in movies. Now a little bit more. I mean, obviously, my dick is an American animal. Michael Fassbender's dick is in shame. Kevin Bacon's dick is in wild things for like two seconds, and it's so weird. Because it's at the end, and it's totally like unnecessary. But every once in a while, you'll see a dick in an American movie. It's fucking rare, though. However, the amount that you'll see a naked woman in a movie is like obviously a hundred thousand times more than you'll see even a soft dick let alone a hard dick a hard dick is just automatically associated with porn and stranger by the lake has some hard dicks in it i like seeing dicks in movies i'll tell you the main the mainest reason i like seeing dicks in movies because it's weird to hide them. If a man is naked in a scene in a movie and the camera is going out of its way to not let us see his dick, then I'm distracted. I'm not distracted by the presence of his dick. I'm distracted by the non-presence of his dick, especially when there's a naked woman with him. And you can see her entire naked body. I'm not one to fucking call patriarchy, but it does exist. And Jesus, if that's not a fucking example of it, I don't know what the fuck is. Things, almost every movie has in it in one form or another, every rated R movie at least, is a gun or a gun going off and a naked woman, or at least partially naked woman. Almost 0% of those have an even partially naked man. I find that fucking strange. Show more dicks. I I don't even get the argument against it. What is the argument against dicks on camera? That they're ugly? They're not even ugly. Dicks fucking rule. And even if they don't rule, even if you don't agree with me... They're not ugly. They're just fucking dicks. And if you think they're ugly, it's because you've been fucking conditioned to think that because they're hidden from your fucking view. Because movies act like, I don't even know. I don't get, I just don't, I don't get it anymore. It's fucking 2020. Show us some dicks. I'm not saying I want less female nudity. I'm not arguing for that. I'm arguing for more male nudity because it's weird to not have male nudity. You know who fucking shows dicks is Paul Verhoeven. You know who's one of my favorite directors? Paul Verhoeven. 
Coincidence? Probably not. I'm going to do my best to show a dick in every single movie I make. So far, I'm one for one. Now, another reason this has been kind of on my mind. Um, a friend of mine sent me... Let me let me think actually this is this is such a fucking crazy thing that I want to make sure I get this right. Okay, so a friend of mine who I've actually never met uh but we kind of know each other on Instagram uh sent me um and said, "Look, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I'm doing uh but I swear it's a coincidence." I'm doing a, and and I believe it was an art, like an art collage project, and I'm using old nude magazines uh, to cut and and paste, uh, to to take from to to for the piece of work that's being made, uh, and got a lot of uh, old nude magazines to cut from, you know. And one of one of the one of the uh, stacks to be scoured for nudity uh, was a stack of Playgirl magazines. And here's the coincidental part: there's an issue of Playgirl. From I think summer of 2013, which is right around when uh, uh, my movie came out, American Animal. And in it, there's a fucking section called Celebrity Skin. And I'm fucking in it I'm fucking in Playgirl I'm in Playgirl the magazine Playgirl I'm in it and I had no idea and guess if I immediately ordered my own copy of course I did in fact I regret only ordering one uh, right after this, I'm going to order more. But I'm in Playgirl. There's like eight different stills from American Animal. And my fucking dick just doing whatever my dick happens to be doing at that moment. Uh, and I'm in it. I'm in Playgirl. In a section with like fucking Matthew McConaughey and Channing Tatum. And I didn't even know about it. That is both so happy-making, the fact that I was in Playgirl, and so upsetting that I didn't know about this before. Summer 2013, I uh, the guy, <laughs> this is probably the best part, the guy on the cover of the, the, the issue that I'm in 
is the dude Nick from uh fuck ah uh, that show Gigolos. So this is one of my finer moments in life when this was brought to my attention. You know what I want to do that I haven't, that I forgot fucking to do on Sunday? Let's get to some Twitter questions. Uh, hello, Matt. I have a coworker that thinks he's above everyone on earth because he believes in the whole Pizzagate and QAnon thing. How do I verbally slap him in the face? He's almost 40 and is constantly saying most people live in the matrix. <laughs> well, how do you verbally slap him in the face? I mean, if they believe in Pizzagate and QAnon, I, I, here's the problem with that. Verbally slapping him in the face won't matter. It won't matter at all. Because they get off on that. They get off on being told that they're the fucking crazy ones. So that they can go home at night and think about how you're the fucking sheep. But you're saying he thinks he's above everyone on earth and that could not make more sense. That's the whole reason they adhere to this shit. To feel that way. Oh, look, someone call me out for fucking. You forgot question period last Sunday service. I know I just said that and I feel fucking bad about it. All right, let's get off my back about it. I listened to Sunday service on Tuesday and I loved it. You mentioned right wing watch as an outlet you read regularly. My question is, what are some of your sources? I want to stay informed, but I don't want to quote my cousin's mom. <laughs> uh, I mean, the best, my the, my absolute number one go-to source for actual news. I mean, Right Wing Watch is entertaining and interesting, but it's not really like, it's not like a full picture of, 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 of the news, of the state of the world. Uh, for that, I go to The Atlantic. The Atlantic is by far, to me, by far, the, the best uh, news outlet. It's actually not... Here's the thing. It, there are editorial pieces on there that are biased, but they go in every which way. It's not just one kind of bias. So there will be an article about... Uh, something that takes one side and then there's liable to be an, uh, another article like right next to it that takes the other side of that same argument. Uh, but the, I find the Atlantic to be the smartest and also most actually balanced outlet uh, that there is. And I don't really go to that many outlets. I go to CNN to make fun of it. I sometimes go to Fox News to try to get as depressed as I possibly can. 
but I don't actually like soak up that news. I don't like CNN. I, I certainly fucking hate Fox News. And anybody who tries to make some kind of equivalence between the two of them is a fucking idiot. Because CNN sucks, but Fox News is like, you know, hell. Do you think you're going to get Charlie another friend, or do you think she prefers being a solo pup? Well, I can certainly answer the last part of that question. She absolutely prefers being a solo pup. She fucking hates dogs. Every once in a while, she'll like a dog, and here's her criteria for liking a dog. If it's smaller than her, if it's male, if it's male, and if it's smaller than her, and if that smaller than her male still has its testicles, she fucking will love that dog and like go wild. She'll go running at it and like run and like stop right in front of it and like shake her ass and her tail's going fucking crazy. She's got a thing for little guys with their nuts still on their body. Every other dog she either doesn't pay any attention to or actively fucking hates. So... What's a funny untold story involving Bill D'Elia? Oh, wow. Well, I guess... Okay, my dad is one of the most even-keeled people that I know. It's one of my favorite things about him. He's very calm and collected he gets animated, but like for fun, when he's making a joke, when he's telling a story, I don't mean he's fucking boring, but he's very like even, it's, it's hard to like make him mad, you know? Uh, but every once in a while, like every once in a fucking blue moon, it'll happen. And there are two times that it happened. Uh, maybe I'll tell the second one at another, another episode, but the one that I'm that I want to tell right now I was jeez I must have been like 13 or 14 I was young and there's this part anyone who lives in LA will know this there's this part of the 110 where you're past you just past downtown and there's the entrance to the 5 uh to the left and it's not like this anymore, but this was, this was back when there was one lane that you could, that you had to get in to get onto the five. Now there's two fucking finally they fixed this, but this was, this is like why they fixed this actually. What I'm, the story I'm about to tell you. So what a lot of people would do who knew the deal is that that, that lane, the five is like a major freeway. And that one lane would get super, super, super backed up while the other three lanes of the 110 would be just whizzing, whizzing by. And, you know, depending upon where you got on the freeway, where you got on the 110, it kind of like fucked up your ability to get over because some exits 
are the line is so long some days and some moments that you can't even get on the back of the line your exit your entrance the part you got on is too close to the exit so like you have to be the person that has to edge in like an asshole and like cut in a line you know however you don't know you don't know what's up if you're already in the lane you don't know why someone's trying to cut in you don't know if they're just being an asshole trying to cut in line or if they're just trying to get on the fucking freeway you know i have a policy about this as a driver anyone who wants to get into my lane for any reason no matter what i think of their reason i let them in because why would i not do that it doesn't make any sense who cares let them in let the person in what are you doing if you're not letting the person in why are you doing that you're just you've just chosen to be an asshole that is so strange that is so fucking wildly strange to me you you've just chosen to be an asshole to a total stranger for no reason saves you basically no time does nothing for you other than to exclude someone from getting what they want. God, people love that. People love blocking people from getting what they want. People suck. Anyway, my dad and I is just us in the car. He he got on an exit where it was already past the end of the line to get on the five. So we're on the 110 and there's already a standstill line to get on the five, uh, the back of which we can't access because it's behind us. So he has to get in to the lane, obviously, before we pass it, but he also has to get someone to let him into the lane because everyone is, an, is a massive cock and doesn't want to do that. So we're going, 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 and he actually sees an area where there's room to go in, and he doesn't even need to piss anyone off. So he goes, he goes to go, he goes to go there. He starts to edge into the lane that he needs to be in, and some uh, woman in an SUV, just like, it was clearly an effort to block him. From getting into this lane. And it was like she sped up. And blocked my dad's car. And then my dad puts on his blinker. And now we're getting like too too close. We're like. It's not like we're going to miss it. But it's getting to the point where we got to get over to the, in the right lane. And he like. I don't know if he rolled down his window or hung to try to get her to let him in. But she did that thing, which is like, I can't even express to you how much I don't like this. When people do that thing where they pretend like they don't see you. Is there anything more obvious than someone pretending not to see you? Why do people even do that? It's like, if they don't look, it's not there. 
you know? If I don't look at that person, I don't have to be faced with the fact that I'm a titanic fucking asshole. That's weird, actually. I'm realizing this. That's weird. They're being the same amount of asshole by looking or not looking, but not looking makes them feel less shitty about being an asshole. Hey, I have an idea. Why don't you just stop being an asshole and then you can be less shitty and not have to worry about how you feel. Anyway, she just doesn't do it. She's just like blocking his car. Because she, I'm assuming, believes him to be a perp. She thinks he's doing it wrong. He thinks she's just cutting in line. We weren't, but this is what she thinks. Because she's decided to think that. So she's like actively trying to block us from getting in. So weird. Anyway, my dad fucking figures it out like he's Dale Earnhardt. But now we're right behind her. And there's more than one lane as we open up onto the five, two lanes, then like six lanes. So as it turns into two lanes, my dad is already really pissed, which is way uncharacteristic. And he's like, this motherfucker, this fucking asshole. He's like, flick him off, flick him off. And I'm like, it's a woman. Not that that, you know, means I can't flick her off, but like, you're assuming it's a guy. It's not a guy. Like you're fucking frazzled. You're on tilt and it's all good. But he's like, I got to fucking flick her off. I got to flick her off. And I'm like, I mean, all right. And he can't, the only side he can get on, the only side of her car that he can get on because she's now in the further right lane. There's only two lanes. He has to get on the left side of her. He has to pull up beside her on the left side. Which, of course, means that I'm the one on... That can that is next to her, you know? Uh, and so he rolls down my window. And he... He's like, Matt, you gotta do it. Matt, you gotta give her the finger. And he's so mad. He's not saying it like that. He's like, you gotta, you gotta fucking flick her off. You gotta give her the fucking finger. And I'm just like, dad, are you in there? Are you inside of your body or is this someone else? But everyone has these fucking moments, you know? So he pulls up next to her and she's still doing that thing where she's pretending she doesn't know what's happening. Well, now it's like, it's truly depressing now that she's doing this still, you know. Because now it's like glaringly obvious what's happening. He's like become fucking Dale Earnhardt and he's he's flanking her. And now we're right next to her. My window's down and he's like, she's not looking. And he just starts laying on the horn to get her to look. Because... It's of the utmost importance to him that he sees, that she sees me give her the finger. I don't want to give her the finger at all. But my dad's pissed. And honestly, she deserves it. If anyone deserves a middle finger, it's her. Or someone who does that. It's not like she's specifically singled out. People who do this are fucking assholes. But I don't want to give her the finger. 
I'm more like, hey, dad, are you all good? You know? But she looks over and I gave the most apologetic middle finger in the history of middle fingers. I like shrugged, tilted my head a little bit. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. This just has to be done. Sorry. And I just fucking lifted my hand and stuck my middle finger out the window. And then my dad fucking sped away. And he was so like, it was like a weight had been lifted off his shoulders. It really like alleviated his anger that I, the 13 year old son of his, <laughs> gave this woman the bird. I mean, I'll fucking never, ever, ever forget how weird that was. Just like, sorry, I gotta do it. Here's your finger. I even remember the face she made. Well, she, because she did look, you know, she was trying not to look, but at a certain point, you can't not look like when someone's fucking laying on their horn. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, I mean, I always bring that up with him. I never let him live that shit down. What else we got? What else we got? Maybe I'll do another. I think we're up on an hour here, but. Yo, Matt, your podcast is dope. Which big budget and which small budget films would you most want to direct a remake of? Damn. Um, that's hard to say. Low budget thing, I would, I would probably, often I think that the things that should be remade are like bad things, you know? Um... Like, you know, I don't, I don't love remaking things that are already good because that thing already exists. However, that being said, I don't have a problem with things being remade or reimagined or whatever. I just think that if you're going to do it, you should do it for something that's actually bad. Um, there's this shitty movie I just saw that I kind of liked the premise of it's called Project Nightmare the dude that runs that account actors upset that I love so much recommended it to me or, or mentioned it to me and it sounded interesting and I wanted to see it something like that like some shitty older sci-fi thing that has a good premise but it's just so fucking shitty as far as the low budget things go that's probably what i would pick big budget damn remake a big budget movie what 
big budget movie should have been good but isn't besides all of them um i mean i would love to remake some of like the classic westerns that that uh exist um those are those tend to be big budget because they're period and there's a lot of action in them and shit like that but and and uh like a lot of the set pieces and gunplay but i don't really know which one maybe i would go with uh the naked spur old anthony mann western that i love so much that seems like a, a genuinely great film that could use a remake uh that i would like to see that i would like to do What does an average normal day look like for you lately? Looks like fucking being at home. I write. I write and uh, I do this. And that's fucking it, man. Here's a good one to end it on. Matt, why is it that you park on a driveway yet drive on a parkway? I'm not happy about that question, to be honest, but um, it's a nice little riddle. Did your brother actually sock you in the face as kids? No, I socked him in the face. The fuck is that question? Where'd you get that information? No, I punched him in the face. Um, because I, we had made a deal. This is, I'll end it on this. We made a deal to, um, he, there was this standing offer that I could, if I, if I gave him $10, I could punch him in the face. I didn't take the offer because I had no desire to punch him in the face at the time. But one day we were in my room and we were fighting on my bed and we were like, it was like it was like we were fighting bad and like we fell onto my bed and like we were fucking ripping on each other's shirts and shit and then fucking finally i just like we were we were tumbling off the bed and i punched him in the face and he kept rolling because i'm so fucking strong he kept rolling and fell off the bed and i saw my life flash in front of my eyes i knew he was going to kill me in the heat of the moment, you know, like he, at this time I was like, you know, 10 and he's 14. He's just way bigger than me. And, uh, I didn't even run because I was like, I'm dead. Why would I run before dying? I might as well relax before dying. But, uh, he didn't kill me. All he did was pop his head up from the other side of the bed and say, 10 bucks. So, but that's the only time I punched him in the face. We punched each other plenty, but that's the only time either one of us punched the other one in the face. And he made 10 bucks off of it. So it worked out for everybody. Uh, All right, that's it for this episode. Uh, Check out the summer 2013 issue of Playgirl because I'm fucking in it. And 
the one with the guy from Gigolos on the cover, which is the coolest thing that ever happened to me and ever will happen to me. And honestly, ever will happen to anyone ever in the world. So sorry, everybody. But it happened to me, not you. Uh, all right. I love you all. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay home as much as you can. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay on. Okay.